podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Boom, we are back, and guess what? It is football game week. There are games that are happening starting on Thursday. The first ones actually were on Saturday, but it's game week. And Grant, if you wanted to gamble on K-State, where would you do it? MyBookie.ag. .ag? .ag. I hear that they have their single greatest promotion back, 100% bonus, up to $1,000. Is that true? Yeah, that means you can put $1,000 down, and they'll give you an extra 1000 to gamble with. That's insane. What promo code would they use? Capital Chair. C-H-A-I-R. Chair. All caps? All caps. And I hear they're also running a competition during NFL season. Can you tell me anything about that? That's right. Um, this year they are hosting the first online handicapping super contest. First place is guaranteed to win at least $100,000, and it only costs 100 bucks to enter. That seems like a great deal. And if I won those you know, $100,000, I probably wouldn't have a need for our next sponsor, who is our brand new sponsor. That's right. And my question for you is, would you ever like to feel a little bit more confident in bed? Every single time, Scott. We have a great new sponsor for you guys. That's Blue Chew. Blue, just like the color Chew.com. BlueChew.com. It brings you the first chewable and the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So you know it works. You can take them anytime, day or night, on a full stomach, empty stomach, it doesn't matter. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as the pill. So you can be ready when any opportunity arises. Any opportunity? <laughs> that's right, any opportunity. And that's full stomach or empty? Full stomach, empty stomach, it doesn't matter. And the best part is they're prescribed online and they ship straight to your door in a discreet package. So no one you know, no one knows what you're getting. No in-doctor visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, no more awkwardness. Sounds like if I wanted to do that type of stuff, this is the way to go. That's the way to go. I can't remember what the actual box says because another podcast I listened to like was describing it, but it's like so funny. It's not. It's not not dick pills like I have said, but it's like just medicine or something, and well, or think, not medicine. I don't know. I think everyone should order and find out what the box says. So, what's our promo code, and what do they get if they use it? Promo code is Capital Armchair um, to try it free. Free? Just have to pay five bucks for shipping, but you get the first shipment free if you use the promo code Capital Armchair. Which I mean, I'm not gonna lie, I'm gonna do it. It's gonna why, be. Why? Why wouldn't you? I don't know. Question. I don't know. I mean, five it's free. Five bucks for free? I mean, I don't see any reason why any of the boneheads wouldn't do it. For all the lady boneheads, this is your chance get to. It for your loved ones. This is your chance to juice. I mean, and. <laughs> You get a chance to use some performance-enhancing drugs. Do it. Do it. BlueChew.com. Check it out. Now let's get into the show. It's the moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Little down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite wildcatters, the handsome Bosco boys. Ooh, Bosco's boys. Come on, boys. Bosco's boys are back. Uh, Grant cannot join us because he's off saving the world in one way or another, but I got what I would call the charter member of the Kansas State Sexy Bald Club, the man who has the voice 
in the state of Kansas and dare I say the entire United States. He not only calls just about any sort of game you might want to watch or listen to at K-State, but he's also the man who sits down every month with my best friend, Gene Taylor, in the Ask the AD segment. It is the man, the myth, the legend, Brian Swaggy B. Smoller. Brian, thank you for joining me on this wonderful summer evening. I am I am truly honored to be on here. and that I don't know if there's any way I can live up to that introduction after that long list of stuff you just gave. That's unbelievable. I'm, I'm honored that you would uh, offer that up for me. Well, I mean every single word of it, and you can repay me by talking to the powers that be and letting Bosco's boys do a 15-minute uh, lead-in to the KCHD pregame show. Just put, put <laughs> Grant and I up on the stage and warm it up for you and Ian, Reggie, John, whoever uh, comes up there. So uh, now that you finally get on the show, you you don't have to keep up with the bowling from all those guys when you're doing the pregame show. I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I, I will say though that Reggie and Ian often don't need much warm up. Um, those guys come ready to go. Um, there is a lot of stuff that they say that we can't put on the air that you you're well aware having them on your podcast in, in times past. I am thoroughly disappointed by the way that Grant is not on today with us, but. We'll, we'll make do. Yes, we'll, we'll come up and we'll, we'll do something in person here very soon so Grant can be a part of it. And like I said, if, uh, you know, talk to whoever you need to, let us be the lead in to you guys and we can hang out every Saturday morning. So I think <laughs> I think that's something we might be able to get done. <laughs> we'll look into it. We'll look into it. All right. If I, if I need to give Gene some more tall boy Bud Lights I, to, you know, grease the wheels, I will if I have to. You know the way to his heart. That I do. Uh, so, Brian, we, we have you on because uh, not only do you know you know everything I'm about to ask you about K-State football, but I do believe out of everyone in our Rolodex, you are well-versed to talk about not only football, but volleyball and soccer as well. I'm going to start off with volleyball because over you know my lifetime, and especially when I was in school, I loved going and seeing K-State play and Aaron. And they traditionally one of the top-end Big 12 programs, but it's on a two-year drought when it comes to making the NCAA tournament. Will Susie Fritz and her team be able to bounce back and make enough noise in conference play to make it back to the postseason this year? Well, that's the goal. They're pretty young. You know, I, I know people don't know much about volleyball, and that's fine. I didn't either when I started calling, calling it on the, the radio. But um, it's pretty fun to watch, as you said. When you're when you're there in a hern and just the history of that building and getting a small glimpse of what it might have been like for men's basketball back in the day and women's hoops, I guess, as well, but more men's basketball tradition in that building. It's pretty cool. It can really get rocking, even when it's pretty warm there in the early parts of the season in uh, September. But this team is super young. You know, they've lost some talent, and I think they have 15 or 17 on the roster, and only three are upperclassmen. It's just a really young squad. Now, there's some talent there. They're really they they've got some players that can make some noise, but they're they're a little bit too thin in some spots. I think that it'll, it'll make it pretty tough sledding for them at times. But the conferences there, outside of two or three teams, they certainly could finish in the top half. And if you're in the top half, you get a pretty good shot at the postseason. One of those spots where there might be a little bit uh, light in the depth department is you know trying to step in for those big shoes of shoes of Kaylee Zumach. She was one of the best hitters in the nation last year. She's graduated and move on. Who might be one of those players to pick up the mantle as a playmaker, even the outside hitter on this team? Well, I think uh, 
Gloria Mutiri is is the one that you would want to keep your eye on. She's uh, preseason All Big Twelve unanimous. She was uh, honorable mention All American last year, freshman of the year in the Big Twelve and in the region. She's the right side hitter for the team. She's out of Oklahoma, a left hander, six two, tremendously athletic, and just uh, really brings the heat and is one of the best right side hitters in the Big Twelve and in the country. I think she takes on a little bit more of a starring role for K State coming up this year, and. Uh, a young lady that really wants to get into our line of work and doing broadcasting. So we've we've used her a little bit on some K State HD TV stuff. She's she's multi talented. There's no doubt about it. And her along with Peyton Williams would probably be the one two punch for K State. Well, I might have to get her on the podcast if she wants to get into journalism and g- give her a go uh, on the podcast airwaves after the season gets done. Then no, I absolutely she can handle it. She's she's great. She. Um, you know, playing, being a full-time student athlete, there aren't that many opportunities to get on and do broadcasting steps. We try and help them out where we can um, within the boundaries of compliance and everything else. But uh, she, for what we've asked her to do, she's done a great job. Well, that's awesome. And I'm, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit in the, uh, the outline because you brought up Peyton Williams already. She just got back from Peru doing the Pan American Games, actually playing basketball. But you brought her up, and I just wanted to chat real quick. Over your time involved at K-State, watching K-State, et cetera, has there ever been a two-sport athlete excel to the extent she has? Every time I sit back and read anything about her or watch her play, either football or volleyball or basketball, I'm just blown out of the water at that woman's athleticism and composure on the court. Yeah, it's really incredible. I'm doing this uh, almost 25 years now, and I'll take it a step further. I I don't think I've ever come across a player at the Division I level that has done what she's done to this point. I can't think of anybody else. Now, there have been a lot of other players over the history uh, of the 20-plus years that I've been doing this that, that have doubled up in volleyball and women's basketball. It's not uncommon. But to do it to the level of success that she has done it, the last to do it at K-State, Julianne Chisholm, was one that her last year played basketball and kind of helped out Deb Patterson's team at that time that needed some depth. But no one has been able to pull off starting for both of those two teams that I can remember, much less being near all conference in both, which is just unheard of. And what's even more weird is when you talk to both coaches, Jeff Mitty or Susie Fritz, they both will tell you without any sort of bias that if they, if Peyton Williams just concentrated on that one sport, volleyball or women's basketball, she would be an Olympian in that one sport, which is just really mind-boggling to think about. But she is much more athletic than people give her credit for. She's off the chart smart. She's a 4.0 in all sorts of crazy uh, majors. She reads like four or five books at one time. She's one of the more interesting people to ever talk with and visit with. She just is into, she has a lot of interest in many different things. At one point she was like coding uh, video games. I, I, I don't, I mean, it's, it's off the charts. You can't even begin to get into the, the depth of Peyton Williams. She's one of the most unique and unbelievable players and, and student athletes I've ever been around. Yeah, and I, I can't stress enough to any of the boneheads listening. Anytime a piece is written about her, I know Kellis Robinette's done stuff. There's been stuff on kstatesports.com. Anytime you can read or listen to this woman talk, it, she'll just blow your mind. Like you said, 4.0, uh, you know, and I think she's going to be a borderline, if not achieve all American status 
in possibly both of those sports before she graduates because she's still just a junior, if I have this correct. Uh, it's just amazing, and we'll have to talk a little bit about women's basketball when that, that season gets a little closer so we can talk more Peyton Williams. Uh, but I do want to move on talking about the volleyball schedule. It's an interesting schedule because I was looking at it today. They don't have a traditional non-conference schedule. They play exclusively in different tournaments and invitationals, challenges where they're playing three games in two or three days. Uh, how is that going to how, – how's the team going to deal with that? And is the bright side that they get to get all these young girls out there, young women out there playing, you know, that many games in that few days and build the depth early before Big 12 play? Yeah, I think you said it. I think that's the advantage there. It it, um, it does build up that way. Some teams do it different. Texas is one that does it different. They don't really play in tournaments. They'll just play one-offs each weekend against some big-name opponents, and they purposely schedule light. The risk there, of course, is if you don't win, you get dinged a little bit when it comes to the end of the season and you're trying to build that resume. But Texas usually doesn't have that problem. For K-State, you know, you're going to try and play. You may play four tournaments, and you're going to try and play at least two of those tournaments. You want to play some bigger-name opponents or tougher opponents to help your RPI. And the other two tournaments, you kind of want to make sure you're going to find a way to go at least 2-1 and one or 3-0 and oh, so you can build up some wins and some confidence. K-State's deep. I, I, for the most part, they are deep. Outside hitters a little thin on the left. But for the most part, this is a team that's got a lot of different people they can move around. So figuring out who's going to be where, who's going to figure, who's going to play a little bit more on the depth chart is our keys to the season, and that's where you figure it out here early in the in the part of the season. And they really don't play very many matches at home here to begin the season either. So that'll be a tough test. Yeah, the only three non-conference games are on the fifth, sixth, and seventh. Those will actually be in Bramlage, I believe, and that'll be that's the only right. time. Uh, to watch them on Big 12 now via ESPN Plus. So all the K-State fans need to get that before volleyball starts up and the first football game. Uh, and, you know, that you can always catch them on K-Man on the radio for folks in that area. So this is something we've danced around. This is something we've alluded to. There's only two seniors on this team and one junior. That junior is Peyton Williams. Uh, how good could this team be, you know, say, two, three, even four years down the road, having all this young talent with an experienced coach in a program that is used to competing at that Big 12 level. Yeah, they're trying to kind of change their philosophy. You know, K-State was was a team that was really built on power on the left and digging balls in the back and getting the ball up front and just crushing you. And here for a couple of years, they've been really big on the outside, on the pins, and could block you. But had, had lost a little bit of a step, I think, in the athleticism race and trying to find players that can move around and overcome the mistakes. It's the same thing in football, right? We talk about this all the time. The better athletic, athlete, you know, athletes you have on the field, the more athletic you are, the more likely you are to be able to cover up some of the freshman or rookie mistakes or just brain cramps that happen to student athletes all the time. You walk a very thin line when you try and work on development side and you just work on trying to develop players up to the senior level and rely on smarts overtaking your athleticism. And so I think K-State is trying to make that change, and they've, they've been able to capitalize with some players like Anna Dixon, who's out of Lewisburg, Kansas, who was playing for the U.S. Junior National Team. She's a freshman outside hitter, went down to Mexico. I, I, you know, She was one of only four for the Big 12 to get selected to that team. 
that's a great sign for K-State. Uh, you know, Peyton is kind of part of that group. Utiri's part of that group. I think they like Abigail Archibong, who's a lady out of Mill Valley in Kansas City. And then they're really excited about the freshman setter who may end up redshirting this year because she's playing behind Sarah Dixon, an All-American. But Tiana Adams-Kanahoy, who is out of Honolulu, they're really excited about her and her future. But you're right. A couple of years from now, I think they're going to be rocking and rolling. Will that be in a new facility? How about that? I'll just tease that out there. Um, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if we'll get it done in that time or if that's one of the projects that Gene will announce here in the next month or so. But uh, coupled with the young team and maybe that new facility here in a few years, there could be some real momentum for Susie Fritz's club. I'll say this as a fan who enjoyed watching them play in Ahern. I want to see that facility be the first you know, Olympic slash non-revenue sport facility to get done. Because if I could choose any sport outside of, you know, football and basketball, I'd probably choose volleyball to see K-State get back up to that Big 12 level. And getting that brand new facility specifically for volleyball is just what it's going to take to get to that next level. So, you know, I, I know you talk to Gene slightly more than I do. Let him know that uh, <laughs> it, it endorsed. I have full endorsement behind the volleyball facility because I think that'll just be next level, and I think the fans are going to flock to that new facility when it gets made. Yeah, it, it, it closes the loop, so to speak, and puts almost all the athletic facilities in, in one footprint if that gets done. You know, it's great being on campus. I love the history of Ahern. It's great for students who may be nearby that can just come right over and walk over at times to the matches. It's all, all that's great. The bad parts are no air conditioning. The restrooms are antiquated. There is, a, there is very little when it comes to handicap uh, and ADA responsibilities for that building. It's just, it shows its age, and, the, and the, the cost is enormous to try and renovate it. So, you know, finding a new place for track and volleyball are obviously a big part of the master facility plan for that reason. And I think volleyball, for many years, loved being over there and still does and appreciates the history. But looking forward to the future of volleyball-only facility in the footprint of where everything else is could be a big boon for them. Definitely, and uh, we'll move on to a program that is seeing some major uh, stadium renovations. That's the women's soccer team, the youngest of all the sports at K-State. I believe we're going into year four. We've seen how tough it is to start a program literally from scratch, and while the results haven't quite been there, if anyone turns on a K-State women's soccer game or gets out to, uh, I think it's Boozer Park, right? Or Busser Park? That's right, that's right. Yeah, Boozer yeah, Park, Boozer yep. Park. Get out there and watch them. They'll see just a tough, tenacious team that honestly really prides itself on defense, which is something that fits into the K-State mold. So what has Coach Dabini been able to do to really instill that K-State tough identity in such a short amount of time? Yeah, you know, he... he I think he has done a great job of identifying players and not settling necessarily for, hey, it's going to take us 10 years to build this program. And the thing about soccer on the women's side is that it is it is a fierce, fierce conference. It's much like baseball, I think, would be the best comp uh, for the strength of the Big 12 on the soccer side. It is very difficult to break into that top half, if not the top six or seven. Most of those top six or seven teams are ranked. And in the top 25, I think this year it's five that are ranked or receiving votes going into the season. K-State's unanimously picked last. I, they're just trying to get to eight. And if they can be in the top eight and, and beat out two other teams, then K-State would make the Big 12 tournament in Kansas City. 
that's their goal. I think they got a great shot. They have a little bit of change on their on their coaching staff. Jessica Smith uh, set the side to take care of her son in Kansas City, and they've brought in Cat Benton. But just being around the team, sometimes one little change with a largely veteran group can be all the difference. And for whatever reason, Scott, I am really excited about K State women's soccer this year. I, just being around that team, there is a totally different vibe around them. Than, than I have seen in the previous times here, they are 100% bought into the idea that they're going to win and that they're going to do something great. And offensively, they've already showed a little bit of an uptick. Yeah, as you just said, they had a scrimmage with Arkansas, who is either a top 25 team or a borderline top 25 team. They got a 3-3 tie with them. And just the other day, Oral Roberts, exhibition down in Oklahoma, beat them 4-1. So, are, are we expecting to see some of those balls get into the back of the net to match that defense that we've been seeing? I mean, if, if you get, what, a handful of goals here or there, you know, you're up to that eighth-place spot in the Big 12. No, no doubt. I think last year that's what held them back. I mean, if you watched them last season, they were there most of the time competitive with most teams defensively. They just couldn't find somebody to score. You were, I remember many times Oscar Montenegro, who does the broadcast with us, we'd walk out of there saying, man, if – if K-State just had a 9, like if they just had a 9 or a 10 up front, and, and I'm when I say 9 or 10, I'm talking about positions, right, up at the, at the front of the formation. If they only had one of those, they'd find some success really fast because everybody else in the league has somebody like that. They have somebody at that striker position that's just an unbelievable talent that can put the ball in the net. K-State's going to move Katie Kramer to that spot this year, the uh, young lady engaged to be married to Denzel Goolsby. Uh, I think she will fill that role very well. And then they have some freshmen. So they've got some young ladies from England that have really stepped up and are pushing the veterans. And they've got a young lady from St. James Academy in Kansas City, Kaylee Thornhill, who's really turned heads here in this fall practice time. She is a banger. I mean, she has got a weapon on that right foot, left foot, and can just drive it hard. So uh, K-State's got some velocity and fire up there up front with Entz, Kramer, Hannah Davis, Baxter, and now Thornhill maybe in the mix. I like K-State's chances of maybe making the Big 12 tournament. So on the backs of those ladies getting some goals, who else should fans keep an eye on, whether it is in that attacking role or back in the defense when they get out to the park or they're watching on ESPN Plus this uh, fall? <laughs> I think they, uh, Shay Turner is another part of that freshman class, another Kansas City kid. She's out of Liberty. I think they really like her at uh, kind of that sweeper role. For those that are familiar with soccer terms, she's kind of plays what Ilya would play for Sporting Kansas City. Like, so she's back that uh, playing that back midfielder, the number six position, kind of hanging out by the back four. And, of course, Laramie Hall has been a fan favorite. She's one of the seniors and one of the captains on this team out of Oklahoma City. Mike Devini, when you talk to him, he says one of the reasons why the culture has changed so much is the leadership of Hall and Kramer. They have really taken on the personality of this team and do a lot of team-building stuff off the field. Hall's been a fan favorite since she stepped on the, the pitch from day one. She just kind of tears around the field with reckless abandon at 5-3, hard-nosed player. and She plays that right defensive back for for uh, K-State. She'll man that position again for K-State this year. They're a little bit thin in that spot, so... They're going to need her to really put in a lot of quality minutes. Definitely. So the team opens up up in Nebraska, back-to-back games in Omaha. First first Creighton on the 23rd, Omaha on the 25th, before their first homestand back in uh, Manhattan. 
Thursday the 29th versus Arkansas State. Sunday the 1st versus South Dakota State. The home games, Big 12 now, ESPN Plus, if fans want to watch. But with those four games, how important is it to get some early results before their California road trip to get that momentum going so once Big 12 play happens, they can start shocking the world? Yeah, no doubt. Uh, that's well said. Uh, I think they need to build up as much as they can. They've kind of taken baby steps to do that each year. The more they can do that this season, the better. Just kind of build up some wins, get some goal. I think scoring goals here in the in the early part of the season will also help that. Just kind of reward the hard work, so to speak, with some success. And then uh, that home stand right through the the middle part of September to late September before right as Big 12 play starts. Gonzaga's pretty good. Tulsa, BYU's pretty good coming into Manhattan before Baylor, Texas. And Baylor and Texas are both pretty good. Texas is the class of the league, along with West Virginia. And you got those at home this year. So it'll be tough go, um, no doubt. Uh, and the, the finish of conference play is pretty difficult. So you want to try and build some wins early because K-State ends up with only one game at home um, past October 10th or past October 11th. They only have one home match the rest of the season. They play to the end of October. So, uh, that's a pretty difficult finish, uh, and starting with your rival at KU, um, then go to TCU, home West Virginia at Tech, and those last three are all ranked teams. That's going to be pretty difficult. Well, fans need to make sure they get out there for the home games, keep the momentum and atmosphere up. Then when they're playing in, in Lawrence, I say uh, we, get, we, we make that place as purple as possible, and uh, who knows, maybe we'll do a live Bosca's voice show there and uh, we'll really rally the boneheads and we'll see how many of us can get kicked out uh, during the game. So uh, we, saw, we saw that last year. A couple of the, the baseball players, that would come over after practice, they would watch the soccer matches and there was one match where the ref tried to throw out the entire baseball team that was hanging out behind one of the goals uh, at uh, now Boozer Family Park. So uh, I think there's a precedent set for that. Well, definitely. We'll, uh, we'll see what we can make happen. It's a fun atmosphere. Sadly, since I moved from Topeka to Kansas City, it's tough for me to make it down for some of those Thursday games. But for the Sunday games, anytime uh, it's possible, I still am a season ticket member. I'm going to get out there and I'll uh, try to make it out to that Lawrence game because uh, we know we like to beat KU no matter what the sport is. And I want to see these girls right. make it to Kansas City in the Big 12 tournament. Love it. So we're going to finish up with the uh, Blitz Week questions that we asked all sorts of folks. Uh, no worries. The boneheads are just going to hold this over your head all season. So make <laughs> make your predictions count. Uh, and then, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll put in cement. And you're the last one. You're kind of wrapping up our, uh, you know, you're the bonus Blitz Week on, on this Monday. So uh, just do better than Kellis because we, we know uh, after listening to that, he could have done better. No, I'm just kidding. Sure. No, no, uh, that's pretty easy. Uh, <laughs> uh, no hard feelings, K-Dog, if you're listening. So we're oh, going to yeah. start it off, and I, I'm interested to hear your perspective from this because, you know, you're, you're in the building, uh, and you probably got to witness some of this going on firsthand. But what was your first reaction when it became official uh, that was going to be Coach Kleiman. And also, I've always been curious about this. How did you find out as someone who, you know, works for K-State Athletics? Oh, man. Um, well, so there's kind of a – obviously not everybody knew when it first got announced, and I, I would say I was not – or when it uh, was first decided that that was going to be. But there was a team of us that were meeting quite regu regularly to, to go over what the release plan was going to be and 
some of the people that were as part of that. Of course, Kenny Lanou is is my immediate supervisor, and and uh, I'm and sorry boss. about that. <laughs> I'm you know, just Kenny, kidding. Kenny's Kenny, awesome. I, I like Kenny. Kenny and I, uh, you know, I, we have st- we have been around each other for a very long time. Both of both of us were groomsmen in each other's weddings. We were, uh, you know, coworkers for many many years. So it only seems fitting now that he's uh, overseeing our stuff. But uh, no, anyway. But he he had called some of us together and had shared. Okay, if it's candidate A without a name, if it's candidate B, here's the plan, right? So if it's somebody, and you can kind of figure it out. If it was somebody that was more experienced or maybe from a lower level. This is what our plan was going to be. If it was someone that uh, needed a little bit more, uh, you know, public sort of massaging as far as the announcement that this is our plan. If it was someone that everybody liked, then this was our plan. And so the morning of that, Chris was was named the head coach. They came and told us, and, and I, I can't, I don't remember there being an emotional response necessarily. Like, is this good or bad? It was more of, okay, this is what we need to do here it was beginning the planning. Everybody just throws into you're in go mode. It's kind of like the, the broadcast day on a game. You're just, you're kind of going from a to B to C. You're, you're not really having time to sit back and contemplate. And I know that sounds like a cop out, but there really wasn't a moment where you're thinking, Oh man, that's a terrible decision or, or man, this is really going to work out. I, I think it was, I don't know. I didn't know anything about coach Kleinman. I knew he was at North Dakota state. I knew he had some success, but I didn't know if he was going to be able to do it at K-State. I didn't know anything about it um, other than, I, you know, he's obviously coming from a place that Gene knows it well. I know Gene. I trust Gene. So obviously he's thought this through. And, of course, then the immediate backlash comes back, and then you begin to doubt. <laughs> when, <laughs> when everybody comes back at you with just an uproar, that's when the doubts came in, like, oh, maybe, maybe everyone's right. Maybe this is not a good idea. But, boy, once you sat down with him and talked with him, and our, and our team, boy, they just did such a great job with Chris Coots and Jay Moline and Preston Kerner and all the people, Joni, uh, my sister-in-law, Joni Smoller, and all the rest of that team that just got together. They, they just did a fantastic job of, of selling what he's about. And it wasn't fake. That was the part that, that was so great, Scott, was that both Chris himself and then everything that we put out was authentic to him. And that's what we tried to do was – paint with not broad strokes of trying to put a shine on something that wasn't who said this is our guy this is what makes him great this is what we think will work and everybody else saw it too yeah and i think that's the one thing that all k-state fans would say even the ones who haven't come around is how great a job you guys did rolling him out and allowing uh the folks who are willing to have their minds change, truly go into it with an open mind, and even win some folks who weren't open-minded, how great it was. And you almost saw a 180 flip from a major part of the fan base immediately after. So even with that being said, nine months down the road, now how do you look at him in that hire with all this, you know, reflection of the last eight, nine months? Yeah, you know, uh, at the end, it's all about winning games, and that'll be how he's judged, regardless of how successful the social media stuff was at the beginning or the, the increased access that we have now, all those sorts of things. At the end, it's about wins and losses, so that'll be how he's judged, and he knows that. I think the one thing that's encouraging about Chris, and I've shared this with some folks talking the last couple of weeks, is that the more you're around the program itself, the more you're around and watching him at practice, the very little I've watched, and Wyatt can speak to this because he's been there a lot more, is that he's he's not overwhelmed by the moment. 
And that's the part that I think most people who just assume from afar, because he's coming from North Dakota State to the bright spotlight of K-State, that he'd be overwhelmed by the moment. Oh, here's this coach from small little Fargo, North Dakota, smaller level. He's not going to know what to do with the big, you know, none of that. He is not overwhelmed by the moment. He is very much aware of what it takes to be a coach at this level and how to delegate, but yet be still involved with the minutia. It's just a great balance. And he's preaching almost the same stuff that Bill Snyder. It's almost carbon copy, just phrased differently and delivered differently than Bill Snyder did it. But it's the same sort of stuff about character and the little things, all those stuff. And having been here when Ron Prince was here, Having been here through two tours of Coach Snyder, very excited about Chris Kleiman and the approach that he takes. I, I don't know if it means we'll win every game this year, but I'm excited about the way things are going because I think he's cobbled together a good staff. He has a very good plan, and he is very humble but yet authoritative when he needs to be going about his approach. So if, so if you're going to pinpoint just one thing that you would tell the boneheads you are most excited about, that Coach Klein's either done, said, changed, et cetera, uh, since he's gotten here, what would be that one thing that makes you most excited? Well, uh, I, I will say this for our staff. I think our staff is most excited about the new video intros. Not to say that the cat train was, was something that we didn't like doing, but, boy, it is an, it's both stressful but yet also fun in our department, bouncing around a little bit, having the, a lot of video work to do, a lot more than we had in the past, just coming up with new ideas and throwing it up against the wall and seeing what sticks. And honestly, the best one that I can think of is uh, this is an example of how how agreeable Coach Climate is on some stuff. So I, I'm sure you remember the video that we did uh, of Coach Climate with the Home Alone stuff with Taylor Bratt. Oh, yes. One of my favorites. So that came out of a meeting in a morning where we were sitting around a table and it was only a couple of us and we were just throwing out ideas about stuff. And that came up like, wouldn't it be funny if we did this? And it just kind of kept building and guys topping each other and people like, Oh, what if we did this? What if we did this? And I remember saying, we'll never get coach Kleiman to agree to this. And, and thinking in my head, well, we got to make sure that it doesn't come off making Taylor look bad. Cause you know, people didn't know him at that point yet either. And we don't want to, and uh, I think largely the whole idea and the concept was fleshed out by Chris Coots and Jay Moline, our social media guys at the time. And, um, they even they, they even uh, contacted some people of our staff. They wanted a Roomba because they were going to put the Tyler Lockett cutout on the Roomba. <laughs> and they were going to have the Roomba go around the front of the windows in veneer, and they were going to film that. Um, it ended up not working out, or the shot didn't, come, didn't quite take, so we didn't use it, but... Anyway, but just stuff like that, like just being able to have that sort of f creativity and freedom to do stuff. But yet, as Coach Kleiman was like, hey, as long as it doesn't make us look like idiots, I'm all for it. So that part's been fun, just being able to everybody working together, pulling the same way. And, and not that Coach Snyder wasn't nice to us or good to us. I'm not saying that at all. It was just different. It was a different relationship. And, and it's just been a lot of fun to see where it goes. And at the end, I know it's about wins, but that day was pretty cool. All right, so two comments. First, I, and I told Taylor this when he came on the podcast, I think that now has to be a Christmas tradition where Taylor spoofs <laughs> a Christmas movie. So, I, you know, I think 
Christmas Vacation could probably be there, you know, you know, Home Alone 2, Die Hard, you know, some Iowa State (laughs) fans try to sneak into veneer and he has to die hard it, you know, I think, I think you guys need to make that a tradition. And then the second thing I'm going to ask, and don't say anything that might get you in trouble, but can you tease anything about the entrance video to get the boneheads all excited about what they might see during that opener? Uh... Boy, I don't want to give too much away here other than uh, I know our players are pretty jacked about it. They were excited to be a part of it. Um, Preston Kerner is the one that comes up with those. All those intro videos you see up on the video board are, are the brainchild and the hard work of our own Emmy Award winner, Preston Kerner, um, who just won an Emmy for his Fly High video with Tyler Lockett uh, last year. And um, unbelievably talented, comes up with some great ideas. This one involved some smoke machines. I think they had some ground sparklers. If you know what those are, they shoot like sparkles, oh, yeah. uh, you know, five, eight feet up in the air and uh, using some different parts of the stadium. But uh, the sledgehammer does make an appearance as well. So uh, guys are excited. I, 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 it, people will love it when it comes out. Yeah. I, I part of me will miss the cat train, but uh, I am looking forward to the new video and uh, something that gets lost. I want to give a shout out to that because it was something that changed far more often than the entrance video, but the pre-kick video. Yeah. You know, folks want to talk about, you know, the stale, you know, cat train. I always come back to them and say, yeah, but how about that pre-kick video? Because that, that changes almost every year, and, you know, that's excellent work too. So I'm looking yep. forward to seeing all the new videos, and uh, I can't wait. So now we're going to quickly get into your predictions uh, this oh is going to be, you know, compared to, you know, you're going to have Kels Robinette, uh, uh, John Kurtz is on here. Uh, Jimmy uh, Goheen Casey underscore fan. He he made his predictions. Cole Manbeck and even the Cisco kid himself, Jesse Ertz, made all these predictions. <laughs> so I, I need to hear first, who are you predicting to be the offensive MVP and why? Oh, boy. Uh, well, I, I'm, I'm two things. First, I'll qualify by saying I'm a huge believer in the success or lack thereof for a football team is usually one up front. I'm a big believer in its offensive and defensive lines, and and it starts there, and I don't want to say ends there, but that is usually the difference between winning football and bad football. If you're very good up front, and not just pass blocking, but being able to execute schemes, stay relatively healthy, start most of the games together, it really helps. So in some respects – all those guys are back from last year except for Nick Kaltmeyer, so you could say him, but I think the definition of an MVP is a guy that if you took him off the team, there's a serious drop or there could be some serious problems, and I think that's Skyler Thompson. And I, I know it's an easy pick, but you can see his confidence is just soaring. I think he understands the playbook very well. He has meshed well with Courtney Messingham and Colin Klein and what Chris wants to do on the offensive side. Uh, and if you go not taking nothing away from John Holcomb and Nick Ost, I just think Skyler Thompson is that guy on the front, and he will step up and show that he's one of the top three quarterbacks in this conference. Pimp Juice has been a very popular answer for that, so you're not going out on a limb, and I love it because I'm a massive Skyler Thompson fan, and I agree with you. I think he's going to really make a big jump. So defensive MVP I think you might have a few options that might fit your uh, narrative of playing up front. Are you going to follow through with it? Yeah. You know, everybody's going to pick Wyatt Hubert or Reggie Walker, so I'm going to go with a little bit of a a curveball here. I'm going to say Wayne Jones. I'm a big Wayne Jones fan right now. 
Um, this young man has stepped in and has taken up a big-time role in the back of that secondary and that defense. I think the defensive line is going to be good enough for K-State. I'm confident enough to say this, that I think that Hubert Walker and any combination of Deshaun, Davies, and Mitty up front are going to wreak enough havoc that the secondary is going to get their share of chances for interceptions. I like Wayne Jones uh, as a guy that can float around back there and make some some people hurt and and uh, regret making some bad erroneous throws. So I'm I'm going with Wayne Jones as the defensive MVP. I love it. He was my pick for this next question, so I'm going to make you also give me a second youngster who's going to be a breakthrough player this year. Wayne Jones was my guy, but I'm not going to let you off easy and double dip. So give me one more <laughs> young guy. Uh, I'll go. Uh, all right, so I'll go back to the offense and say Josh Youngblood. Um, you know, he's he's obviously been someone that's talked about already, but I, I really like him uh, at the at the wide receiver position. I'll go you one more. How about Joe Irvin? He's a name at the running back spot. I think is going to get a little bit of uh, some opportunities in that rotation back there. I think people will like what they see. Yeah, and it's crazy to see how quickly they turned over that. Uh, running back room you know Alex Barnes going pro Mike Moore having to retire but he's still with the program going from zero scholarship backs to quite a few dudes who I think are going to make noise because I like Joe Irvin I'm also a big Jordan Brown fan so I can't wait to see what happens back there uh so now it's it's time uh you know I want to hear you you stamp your name down on a win-loss record (laughs) what 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 is it going to be and uh I know all of our hearts say 15 and 0, so I will we'll give you a pass, you know, with your heart. Give me a uh, brain prediction. All right. Well, I don't think six to eight wins is without reason for this team. I really don't. Um, you know, I think nine is a tough way to get there. I could see it happening. I, I don't. I think he would be a, a little bit more heart than than head if you go with nine. But I'm gonna. I think seven is easily attainable. I think eight is within reach if things break right. Guys stay mostly healthy. I think by the end of the season, no one will really want to be playing K State. I think that's the type of year it could be, just as they take time to get together. You look at that finish of the season with the schedule. I think past Texas. I think there are some chances for you to jump up and get some people. So I'm gonna go with seven wins, but. Uh, you know, seven, eight, if you got, if they finish with eight, I'd say, yep, sounds about right. Well, Travis Tannehill picked eight and he had one of his losses being to Iowa state. And you and I both know oh. that won't happen back to back years. So I think we might as well, I should just stamp it on uh nine, right. just up. No, oh, okay. <laughs> I see. I tried to get you with nine. No, I, I, I think it's, I think it's going to be a fun one. I, I agree with you. There's, if K-State can get some of these early games, some of these 50-50 games early, they're going to be rolling late. So I, I, I'm looking forward to it. And uh, do you want to put your name against uh, in a stamp on anything you're going to call a statement win? Is beating Iowa State a statement win right now? Is that Are they uh, to that point? I don't think so. I, I came up with a scenario where they don't even go to a bowl game. But if you're going to say we beat them by <laughs> – if you say we're going to beat them by 40, I can allow that to be a statement oh, if you're running boy. it up on them. You know, oh, boy. Four, 47 be, to 7, I, I know, think that might be a statement. I was, uh, no doubt. And regard, you know, if that, even if that gets you to a, a six-win season, boy, that'd have people talking, no doubt, going into the offseason uh, about this program. I, I don't know if I can go that far, but <laughs> I'll, tell you, I'll, I'll tell you what a statement win. I, I think, I think K-State finds a way to beat 
Oklahoma State or Texas Tech on the road, uh, I, and, and maybe both. And I don't know if that's a statement, but going on the road I think is going to be difficult just here in year one because it's just new. Your first road games at Mississippi State, I'm not sure anybody's expecting K-State to win that game. But if you can come back and win that next week against Oklahoma State, I think expectations turn very quickly because you have three home games in a row that culminate with Oklahoma. I don't know if you're going to get Oklahoma, but, boy, if you win Oklahoma State and you're 3-1 and one, and now you get Baylor and TCU at home, you get to 5-1? and one? I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, things turn very quickly. So that Oklahoma State game is, is the key game of the year, and – I'll, yeah, I'll say it right now, K-State wins the game. I love it. I love it. All right, that wraps it up. Uh, as usual, if any time we have guests, you get to address the boneheads and any K-State fan who might happen to listen to this. So the platform is yours. Uh, and tell the, tell the people what you want them to hear, Swaggy B. <laughs> first, well, first, uh, the Big 12 now on ESPN+. Plus. I, I, I'll just go ahead and throw this out here. Um, don't call us call ESPN when there's problems. <laughs> oh, that's uh, and, good. Yeah, so, no, it, I th- it, in the end, it will be a great thing. I, I know there were some people that were nervous about it when it came out. Uh, I think there's there'll be some things, that there'll be some kinks from the outset. Um, I, I can tell you right now, though, it has unified our conference in the sense that we're all talking with each other more than we've ever had before. Usually about, hey, what did you do to figure this out? How do we figure this out? Um, I think I've spent more time on the phone and email with uh, the, the member, the eight other schools that are going to be doing this in the next two years here in the last month or two than we have in the previous five, six years combined. So there's a lot of unity in the league. Oklahoma and Texas, I think, are also two schools that, despite the posturing that they're not in right now, they're going to be in on it. So I think there's a uh, this will be a way to kind of solidify the league and and really get us poised for a, a big breakthrough here in a couple of years with first and second tier rights. And the second part, I guess I'd say is kudos to you, man. I, I just got to throw, I wish this is where I wish Grant was here too. And I, this sounds like I'm sucking up and maybe it is, but the, I can't say how impressed I am with the way that you guys have attacked this from the start and, and have been able to get the guests that you've had and, I know there's a lot of choices out there for podcasts, and a lot of them are really well done, but you guys have done something unique here and have made this thing really special and cool. And just I'm proud to be on here, but more than but get after it and just do the work. And that's what you guys have done. So kudos to you guys, and uh, thanks for having me on. I couldn't uh, be more flattered. Thank you. I, I'm ashamed it took this long to get you on. But don't worry, it'll. it's my new number one priority to get you that recurring guest koozie as quickly as we can. So you will be on again very soon. So thanks again for uh, taking time out of your evening. To all the K-State fans out there, all the boneheads, we love you guys. Keep rocking with us. It's When you're listening to this, this is game week. This is the first episode of the 2019 game week when you guys are listening to it. So get excited. Uh, pass along but while all the football is going on don't forget about volleyball and women's soccer going on because i have a feeling that while you might not see you know massive things this year these are two sports that are going to come up big time in the next few years so don't neglect them make sure to get out to the park gym watch them watch them on espn plus it's it's a great time to be a wildcat and i couldn't be more excited
you big disgrace Kicking your can all over the place Singing We will, we will rock you Waving your banner all over the place We will, we will rock you Sing it We will, we will rock you Buddy, you're an old man, poor man Pleading with your eyes, gonna make you zombie someday You got mud on your face, big disgrace Somebody better put your bag into your place Podcast Network.